Hello. Hello. I'm Brianna. I'm Sarah. And we are the The Squad Squad Ghouls. Just a couple of creepy gals that love creepy things. (laughs) I did it right this time. Uh, You done good. (laughs) You done good. Sans gummy, that's why. (laughs) Sometimes we need a little help. Work week is hard. Life is hard. <laughs> and life. <laughs> Everything. No. And people, um, you know, now that the world is starting to reopen, I'm noticing that people have forgotten how to people. Uh, myself included. I, I totally had a like, really super small gathering with only vaccinated people. And I realized that I don't know how to interact with people anymore. I don't know how to carry yeah. conversations. I, I don't, don't I don't know what to do with my hands. I don't know what to do with my hands right now. <laughs> it's very hard. <sighs> These COVID times. But I have a yes. joke for you. I'm ready. What do you call the father of candy corn? <laughs> what? Popcorn. <laughs> Oh my god. It's so bad. These it's it's it, no, it gets better and better. It's just so bad. And then we've done so many that we're kind of running out of them. So we're we're, we're reaching <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Well, I have a joke for you. Okay. What is it called when a vampire has trouble with his house? I don't know. A grave problem. Ha. Didunch. Side note, did you watch the episode of What We Do in the Shadows when they went to Atlantic City? Yes. And they had to take their ancestral dirt with them. Oh, man. And then they couldn't sleep. That's how I feel in grad school. <laughs> Someone give me my ancestral dirt. I can't sleep. I feel like we need to do an episode about that show because it's I amazing. Love that show. It's amazing. It's great. For our listeners, if you do not watch What We Do in the Shadows, you need to. You it, need a good laugh. It's hilarious. We all need laughter right now. <laughs> all my the the episode from season two that had Mark Hamill in it. Oh yes, Luke Skywalker is one of the vampires. Oh my gosh, oh, the best. So great. Yes. Oh. Well, sh- should we get into news? Yes. Booze news. Booze news. All right. So some fun and exciting news. From the R.L. Stein universe. I'm so excited. <laughs> expanding more with, expanding with Disney Plus. They're going to do an, the anthology series Just Beyond, which is based on R.L. Stein's comic book series. I have not read these. No, me neither. But I kind of want to now, if I can find them. Heck yeah. I mean, if there's only one way we could find out. Right? <laughs> but um, I would like to read these. Um, but they, so it's going to be premiering uh, pretty much on the road to Halloween. Groovy. Which is great. So it's going to come on uh, Disney Plus on October 13th. So mark your calendars, everybody. Much excited. <laughs> and all the episodes are going to drop that day. So you oh, can binge. Snap. I know. No work is going to be be getting done anyway <laughs> man i'm gonna have to take a couple days off i know just to get through it <laughs> black my calendar uh so the series hails from uh writer and showrunner seth graham smith who did pride and prejudice and zombies and abraham lincoln vampire hunter did you ever see abraham lincoln vampire hunter i did i saw it in the theaters and i haven't watched it since i feel like i should give it another chance you know what i gave mm-hmm. it a second chance and i actually liked it the second time <laughs> okay maybe i should watch it because it came out a long time ago yeah <laughs> um but also with uh, seth seth graham smith also 20th century fox television 
And Stein will serve as co-executive producer with Mark Webb. Okay, okay. And and also directing two episodes. Sweet. Yeah. So the cast includes McKenna Grace. She's everywhere right now. Yeah, I hope that she sends her agent a very nice fruit basket. Yeah, I know. I was like, she creeped us out like (laughs) when she was very, very young. Now she's turning into this wonderful young lady and still getting all the work. So congrats <laughs> good job dollface and then we have lexi underwood from the first lady oh nice and then actually henry thomas from midnight mass will be in there as oh well. uh elliot yes. elliot i was like woohoo because it's getting good i'll be right here <laughs> i was like yay i like that little baby elliot is i know um, he grew up to be this horror phenomenon i know was great i dig it yo it's amazing mm-hmm. <laughs> so just to give you a little rundown uh just beyond is an eight episode anthology series that tells astonishing and thought-provoking stories of a reality just beyond the one we know each episode introduces viewers to a new cast of characters who must go on a surprising journey of self-discovery with a supernatural world of witches, aliens, ghosts, and parallel universes. I'm here for this plan. Oh, yeah. I like it. So, lots of good things. Um, so, more great things coming to streaming services. Um, there's a brand new docuseries titled Behind the Monsters. Uh, it's going to be headed to the to Shudder. Also, this Halloween. So great. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and uh, each episode is going to be spot- spotlighting a different horror movie villain. So, the debut season will cover Candyman, Chucky, Jason, Michael, Freddy, and Pinhead. You know, I'm having a hard time because there's just so much great Halloween content to watch. I know. And I have no time. I Yeah. I I'm, just, I, I want spooky season to slow down. I know. It's going, it's going by too fast. Yeah, way too fast. Way, way, way too fast. <laughs> but I'm happy that they're doing this because it kind of reminds me of on Disney Plus, the like um, Imagineering uh, series. Oh, the Imagineering story. And so like now Shudder has like behind the monsters, like. <laughs> this I is actually kind it. of great and i'm i'm gonna try to get to it when it comes out so someday i know <laughs> but you have time because it doesn't premiere until october 26th oh, thank god and new and with new episodes weekly so oh, great okay you this got is, time this is to good. catch up on the other stuff and then when this comes out you can watch it <laughs> so um uh, each series uh, will focus on a single ca- uh, horror, char- horror character. I struggle too. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. You're doing great. And it will feature uh, interviews with horror experts and writers, directors, and actors from the original films. So um, other um, experts from w- within the genre set to appear throughout the series include Drac and Swan Boulay. Oh, cool. The Boulay brothers from Dragula. Hooray. So excited. <laughs> Did you see their new um, vintage horror masks that they just yes, released? Yes, and I'm trying not to buy them. Yes, it's very difficult. Because it's very, very cool. I also feel like they need to make some really cool sign, like maybe a, a lit up like neon sign that says, Hello, Uglies, <gasps> and sell it. Yes, they does. Copyright. TM. <laughs> TM. TM. Dragon Swan, hit me up. Um, <laughs> anyway. Um, and then you also have Horror Noir uh, documentary writer and producer, um, Ashley Blackwell. Oh, she's great. She I runs. Know. Um, um, oh, my God. 
Why can't I remember the name of her site now? Oh, yes. Ah! Oh, no! Oh, gosh. Oh, no, Wait. I'm the worst human ever. If there's only one way we can find out oh, really oh fast. What is the name of her <laughs> site? Meh. Oh, there's... I, I mean, who are these people? I don't know. <laughs> this is not helping me at all. I should look at her Instagram. I follow her Instagram. <laughs> well, we'll come back to that. Anyway, put a pin in that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, also featuring um, the last podcast on the left hosts, Ben Kissel and Henry Zabrowski, uh, Blumhouse producer Ryan Turek, and filmmakers Jeffrey Reddick from Final Destination, April Wolf from... Uh, from Black Christmas, uh, David Bruckner from the Hailraiser reboot. Graveyard Shift Sisters. Thank you. Yes. Oh my goodness. I'm so sorry. I was sorry. like, I know you sorry. would find it faster than me. Oh my goodness. I was like, where's her Instagram? <laughs> yes, I know. And then also filmmaker and drag artist Peaches Christ. I love Peaches. I have to watch this. Yes. So anyway, premieres October 26th on Shutter. Get that subscription. Much excited. <laughs> Also, if anyone has a Vans affiliate code, please hit your girl up so that I don't have to pay $400 for all the horror shoes that just dropped. I just built my Wait. cart and I'm like, Ew. oh boy. I mean, you did say that you were going to be purchasing stuff. I was like, hey, if you see me on my phone, it's not that I'm not listening. It's that I'm trying to buy these shoes. And now I'm like, maybe I should go look. Girl. Um, so there's, and this is totally not news, but now it is because we're talking about it. Um, in case you, in case you missed it, um, Vans dropped a horror line of shoes. There are actually separate men's and women's sizes. There is also, so they feature, and I think we talked about this before, but there's Nightmare um, on Elm Street, The Shining, there's Beetlejuice, The Exorcist, Night, uh, I said Nightmare on Elm Street already, Friday the 13th. Yeah, there's, there's lots of great things. So, uh, don't miss out. Anyway, that wasn't part of my news, but I just happened to be buying shoes because I'm always buying shoes. That's what I do. <laughs> I mean, every time I mention a vendor with shoes, you're like, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Did you say shoes? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, but actually, in real news, um, in the fall of 1990, 27 years before Pennywise made it to the big screen in Andy Muschietti's uh, revival of It, um, Pennywise was unleashed on the television miniseries the adaptation of stephen king's it and there is an upcoming documentary entitled pennywise the story of it which will be diving deep into the sewers of dairy to tell the true stories behind the clown that terrified a generation i mean terrified Um, me right (laughs) um so this has actually been in the works for several years but it's finally complete and it is set to premiere at two upcoming film festivals Oh, excitement. Yeah, I know. So first, uh, it's going to be de- uh, world premiering at the Sitges International Fantastic Film Festival of Catalonia on October 15th. And then it will be making its way to Arrow Video Fright Fest in the United Kingdom, set to prepare on Saturday, October 30th, just one day before Ooh. Halloween. I know. Oh, my gosh. What are we going to do, friends? Seriously, <laughs> we don't have enough time. <laughs> No. <laughs> it's too much stuff to watch. Can y'all just like push pause for a minute? I know. And then I'll I'll get back to you. <laughs> yeah, between this and then the, the Ghost Tober section of Discovery Plus, I'm Oh I know. I'm losing it. And then Hulu has the Huluween. Ah oh, Stop it. I'm sorry. Stop it. I'm no so more. sorry. <laughs> so I, I have been watching like everything. I just watched Elvira. 
Oh, I my book caught here. I need to start reading it. <laughs> oh, it did? I did. <gasps> I need to start reading it. Oh, I have to purchase it so that we could read together. <laughs> yes, read along. I'm I'm here for all the tea. Right? I can't okay. wait. Um, and then last but not least, because I'm just full of Stephen King news today, apparently. Um, one of the stories that was featured in the book collection titled if it bleeds which is titled mr harrigan's phone oh. uh, a feature film adaptation is in the works for netflix it's being developed by uh, american horror story creator ryan murphy oh. and also yeah so okay. i'm like we'll see how. i mean i mean it might hit hit and miss for it me it might be okay yeah. so far season 10 is pretty good oh oh Okay, we'll get in that later. Yeah, Cape, Cape Cod Vampires could have been like two episodes shorter. I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah, I'm, okay, I will give you the, the um, part I, two of Double Feature, the first episode, oh, yeah. UFOs. I'm excited so far. But I'm trying not to get too excited because I know Ryan Murphy does this thing where it starts off really good. And then it just goes on And then in the long. middle, you're like, the fuck? Yeah, I'm like, this is, it, it either goes on too long or I'm, I find myself thinking, what are we doing here? But I'm hoping at some point, because it's a double feature, that they'll mm-hmm. connect, like the stories will somehow connect. That would be cool. I'm, I, I know that's, anyway, that's in my own fantasy. Continue. <laughs> it's not part of my fantasy. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited. So, um it's being created with ryan murphy and blumhouse and uh john lee hancock who did the movie the blind side with sandra bullock is writing Ooh. and directing it okay so production begins this month on the film and blumhouse announced during blumfest 2021 that the movie is going to premiere globally on netflix netflix in 2022 <laughs> i am excited awesome mm-hmm well since we are pretty much in spooky season if you guys hadn't realized we are now in october it's the most <laughs> wonderful time of the year i let everybody you know i was like you know do you know what today is what's today friends it's october 1st. it's day 335 <laughs> of halloween uh so exciting anyway so we want to share uh some more of our favorite spooky shops with you so uh the first one well the first well not the first but anyway the one that i picked um (laughs) is madam whiskers i actually purchased a few things from her at uh midsummer scream oh groovy yes um and some really cute pins earrings she makes these really cute berets i know it sounds really bad but i really want the beret that says puta do it (laughs) but i bought a few pins from her one it was a ouija board and in the middle it said you in danger girl ah had to get it oh my god the best (laughs) the other one was a big sparkly red heart and it said don't dream it be it had to get it cute and then my last pin purchase uh from her was um a pin that said dorothy in the streets and blanche in the sheets even better i mean if she had a rose one i would have got it you are rose (laughs) in our golden girls group you are rose not because you're not smart because you're very smart but because you uh are just a lovely and delightful human and you always assume the best of everyone i do and i need to keep you around for that fact because i do not and i need someone to check me (laughs) like now sarah calm down i don't know i kind of feel like 
<laughs> the older I get, though. <laughs> Listen, people are not great. <laughs> the more I'm just like, you know what? I'm just, no. If you need proof that people aren't great, ride down the 405 freeway at 430 on a weekday. Oh, God. You will see the worst in humanity. Yep, you will. <laughs> For reals. And you will understand why I am the way I am. <laughs> but please check out amada whiskers she has some really cute stuff um etsy shop and also on instagram groovy um well the shop that i picked is right in our backyard it is halloween town in burbank um so halloween town is located in magnolia park uh, which is a very popular shopping area of burbank lots of great small businesses lots of great small restaurants there's no big corporations down there it's all independent coffee shops little independent stores again small businesses but halloween town's been there forever and they have two locations actually there is one that is just costumes and then there is another one that is all sorts of wonderful things original artwork collectibles clothing mugs home decor of all sorts i mean it's the best it's fabulous and it's effing huge and it's open all year and it's open all year round now the costume shop is a little tricky to get into this time of year for obvious reasons well yes of course everyone and their mother wants a costume (laughs) but um the they're open all year round so you know plan ahead Mm -hmm. don't wait till the last minute Right. I started decorating my house. Uh, I took everything down out of the attic October. No, no, no. August 1st. And I, then I've been slowly putting stuff up. I started putting my Halloween costume um, together August. Oh, yeah. Because I have to put together like two. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta do my <laughs> other one, Possibly too. three. <laughs> yeah. Gotta do the work for the haunt. Oh, so much. Yes. Lots of work. <laughs> but um, definitely go and check them out. They've got all sorts of fun stuff. They also have a website. Um, it's Halloween Town, based here in Burbank, California. So please go check them out. Support local, small, spooky businesses that keep the spooky fun alive all year round. Yay. Yum, yum. <laughs> Oh, also, and we don't want to forget our friends over at Kitty FX Shop. Allie and Gio, they are the best humans. I wonder, did they get married? Not yet. Not yet. But soon. Because I'm like, I just want to give a shout out to them when it happens. We need to send them a very lovely (gasps) gift also. Oh, you know what? Yes, let's let's plan that. Yes, we should. I'm here for this. (laughs) But we love them very much. (laughs) They're delightful humans. And you need to go check out the Beetlejuice collection. It's so cute. It is so cute. You need some fun Beetlejuice stuff to go with your Beetlejuice van shoes. I mean hello right <laughs> and make sure when you go to the website you use our code squad ghouls and you will receive 15 percent off yeah yeah so, so go check them out kittyeffectshop.com facebook and instagram yes do it well today we did a very special smudging of our studio <laughs> to have this podcast recorded jared is very upset yes why does it smell like burning objects in here but we have to protect ourselves we're talking about 19th century witches Mm -hmm. um but we decided to record this episode in honor of the parent house out in harrisville rhode island 
more commonly known as the Conjuring House. So for those of you that did not know, the Conjuring House in Harrisville, Rhode Island is for sale right now. So crazy. You can be the owner of this lovely establishment on 200 beautiful sprawling acres of forest for the low, low price of $1.2 million. (laughs) No, thanks. But there's a catch. (laughs) The folks that are selling the Conjuring House uh, are actually paranormal investigators in their own right. Yep. And they have booked it up through the end of 2022 with fellow ghost hunters and paranormal investigators. So if you choose to buy the establishment, you have to agree to keep the business running through next year. I'm good. Right? Uh, You know. I like visitors, but not all the time like that. (laughs) Same. But yeah, so we thought it would be fun because spooky houses very rarely come up for sale. I think the Amityville house comes up every so often. Because, you know, eventually people figure it out that they can't live there. Mm -hmm. I I, I don't know why they haven't just like burned that place to the ground. Well, they finally figured it out with um, the the Tate murder house on Cielo Drive. Mm -hmm. They finally leveled it and rebuilt one. I mean... I mean, but I would have like leveled it and then maybe like just picked up a lot of that dirt and took it somewhere else. Right. And then picked up dirt from another place. Import like French Alp dirt. Yes. And like make sure it's blessed. Yes. And then I would build my house. Doused and compacted in holy water. Because I heard that they still hear screams. Oh! At that house. No, thank you. I mean, I don't know about the current owner, but I heard like. Because it's so dark up there. Well, yeah. So. <laughs> well, yeah. It's creepy. Mm-hmm. So we thought in honor of the sale or the um, impending sale yes. or for sale edge listing, <laughs> we're doing great. We thought we would talk about the original um, Ed and Lorraine Warren investigation of the Harrisville, Rhode Island Conjuring House, give you some background and some other info you may not have known, and talk about the movie. Yeah. Because the movie is freaking great. Yes. It is wonderfully done. Yeah. It, it, they they had a lot, a, lot, a lot to lead up to with doing this movie, and plus, because it was in the works for a while, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then following, you know, we got Conjuring 2, and then just recently, Conjuring 3. So... I need more Ed and Lorraine mm-hmm. stories. I'm just saying. I do. Because <laughs> I know they got more. And while the the first Conjuring movie was obviously um, dramatized a bit for Hollywood. Yes. As you'd expect. Of course. Um, I liked that it was not overly overdone. Right. Like, obviously, they took some, some liberties with the story. Of course. As opposed to things like the second Conjuring movie that was based on the Enfield Poltergeist. <laughs> Which was a hoax. Yeah. And then, but they, you know, totally went and ran with it. And then the third one, The Devil Made Me Do It, which I was a little, I liked it, but I was a little disappointed. I was too. The real story is so much scarier. And I feel like they should have focused more on that. Yes. Like how they kind of did that with the first movie. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like there, I mean, obviously there are differences and some things were a little bit like overly dramatized, Sure, but there wasn't really that much. No. So that's what I really liked about it. And I think that's what scared the crap out of me. Cause like reading the, 
about the real case and then watching the movie, you're like, holy shit, like mm-hmm. most of this like really happened. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm really glad we're doing this. Yes. <laughs> it's exciting. So a little bit of background for everybody. Um, before we get into a little more about the movie. So the and this is something that was a little different from the movie because I thought that they that the parent family did not live in the house for a very long period of time. The real parent family lived in the farmhouse for almost 10 years. That's so crazy. I know. I would have packed my shit up so quick. Yeah, I, right? <laughs> I'm like, I know we just bought this, but we gone. Oh, totally. <laughs> you guys can stay, but I'm gone. I would have been like George and Kathy Lutz and been like, nope, done. Mm-mm. Leaving. All my stuff can stay. I don't need it that bad. It's probably already cursed. So right. I just leave. <laughs> so Roger and his wife, Carolyn Perrin, purchased the house in the winter of 1970. And as I mentioned, it's a 200 acre property and it had plenty of space for them to raise their five daughters. That's a lot of girls. Like, dear Roger, you were way outnumbered. I'm so I know. sorry. That's a lot. That's a lot of estrogen <laughs> on one property. I don't care if it's 200 acres. Seriously. Yes, their five daughters were um, Andrea, Nancy, Christine, Cynthia, and April. And they ended up moving out in the June of 19... In the June? What? I'm sorry. In June of 1980. <laughs> we're in, doing great. In the June. <laughs> in the June. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so when they moved in in the beginning the activity was really small occurrences that could be easily explained away as part of you know living in an old house for example my house was built in 1930 it's almost well the main part of the house was built in 1930 it's almost 100 years old so you have little creaks and noises things that kind of shift around nothing that is overtly paranormal but just kind of creepy. So Cindy Perrin, one of the kids who grew up in the house, actually had said in an interview that things would be moved all around in a different position than how I left them, or they would be shoved up underneath the bed. That's pretty creepy. Oh, gosh. Like, if things start moving, and some, I mean, you know, this happens to all of us where we don't remember moving things, but when it's that frequent that you recognize that it's out of the ordinary, that's when you should probably call somebody. Right. So, <laughs> or just, just leave. Right. Just leave. <laughs> or just bye-bye. <laughs> um, so as it turns out, the house was actually the site of several violent acts, including suicides, rapes, murders, and drownings. And there were so many frequent odd events that happened that neighbors actually told the parents to leave the lights on after the sun went down. Like, so even your neighbors know this place is bad juju. I mean, like, if they tell you that, I mean, I would just like, you know, it's cool. We didn't unpack everything. Let's just put it all back right. in the, in the, in the, in the truck and we're good. Let's go. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. So scary. So before they moved into the farmhouse, the pairing girls were actually really close and they were always kind to each other and got along. But with their toys starting to move to other rooms when they weren't looking, they started fighting amongst each other, thinking that the others were doing things to screw with the, with one another. And Carolyn actually had to intervene on multiple occasions to stop it. And then that's when Cindy, who was the second youngest of the parent sisters, decided that she would share her toys with the kids who were visiting her in her bedroom and nope. playing with her toys. Nope. Trust your kids and trust your pets. (laughs) They see all the weird stuff. Mm -hmm. So 
at first, the kids all believed that ghosts were walking. All the ghosts that they saw walking around their house were kind or benevolent, or at least somewhat harmless. Um, the spirits actually served as playmates, sometimes even babysitters. Oh, God. And the kids got along and enjoyed their company. So the girls actually claimed that some of the ghosts even tucked them in at night and kissed them on the forehead. No. Right? Hard pass. <laughs> that is not okay. Hard pass. <laughs> Do not put me down for snuggly ghosts. Did not ask for that. Oh, my God. If you guys make me stay in a haunted place and shit starts happening to me i'm out so when we go on our trip next year for um our friends that are getting married in tennessee <laughs> after we go to dollywood because that's a that's a must you on have my to list go. we're going over to savannah and i've already found a haunted hotel that we're gonna stay in and jared agreed <laughs> to it because he's crazy <laughs> because jared doesn't really necessarily believe no he does not he's probably not as scared as you might be if you hear something no i mean he's he's seen some weird stuff but he's not like me where i'm like what the hell was that noise i i want you to take um what's his name um the, I want you to take Ghost Hunter's voice box with you. I'll take the spirit box. <laughs> take the spirit box. I'll take my JBL clip too with the badge <laughs> removed. <laughs> like, yes, Zach Bagans, I recognize your speaker. My company oh, makes man. them. <laughs> or take the thing that makes the stick figures. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so while we have all these creepy ghosts tucking us in and kissing our heads at night um cynthia actually said in an interview when we first moved into the house for the first two months there was a woman that came and kissed me every night on the forehead and i that i thought was my mother andrea her older sister had said mom smelled like ivory soap and the spirit smelled like flowers and fruit what yeah i mean I, i guess at least they smell nice this is good right oh god i mean it's better than stinky ghosts stinky <laughs> ghosts are scary we did go to um we did go to a castle in ireland when i went that had a smelly ghost oh. it was pretty cool um so <laughs> anyway the, the parent children didn't think much of living in a home with fun spirits so they would go out not thinking of anything and they didn't and then they started to speak out about 30 years after their experience uh, this all happened and they had nice things to say about their fun and nice happy ghosts oh gosh right um (laughs) however their parents started to figure out that something was amiss and Mm. more sinister happenings started to occur oh boy so at one point roger would open the front door and be overwhelmed by a putrefying smell again smelly ghosts oh god (laughs) they and the kids didn't know how to talk to carolyn about what was going on but something actually started to trouble her and she became a focus of the manifestations the same way she did in the movie so soon these happy ghosts that the kids were familiar with started to be replaced by evil spirits so one day cindy actually said to um andrea that a disembodied voice was telling her about seven bodies that were buried in the wall uh then later yeah right (laughs) so then they later came to find out about a number of people who had died either in the house or on the property both people who lived there and people who were just passing through so when you think about it when this house was originally built back in the 1800s or in the 19th century you had large families of people that lived on large properties 
and usually we're, we're farming. You lived off the land. There was no electricity, no grocery stores and so forth. So when people died, yeah, you buried them in the backyard. Where What else are you going to do with them? Right. Like, <laughs> not a lot of like big communal cemeteries. I mean, there were some by churches and such, but yeah. I mean, when people died on your property, if it was just you and no civilization around you, yeah, you buried them in the yard. It's like in a uh, Haunted Mansion movie when Eddie Murphy's like, yeah, there's dead people in the backyard. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, so soon the family started to be awakened every morning at 5.15 by the overwhelming smell of rotting flesh. That's not how I want to be woken up. No. I just want to say that. First off, I don't want to be woken up at 5.15 in the morning ever. I mean, that's when I get up for work though. Ugh. <laughs> Well, no, look, correction. That's when my alarm goes off <laughs> for the second time because I hit the snooze at oh, five. <laughs> yeah, unless I'm catching an early flight somewhere, which hasn't happened to me for a while. I, I, the only thing I want at 5.15 in the morning is to see the inside of my eyelids. Um, so they would be overwhelmed by this terrible smell. And then um, Andrea claimed that a malevolent male spirit tortured all five of the girls but she actually didn't provide any specific details about what happened oh no so then carolyn the family mom was the one who actually got the worst of it shortly after they moved in she started to claim that she was being visited at night by a woman in gray whose head was hanging at her side no thank you no hard pass the woman told her to leave or she'd be driven out by doom and gloom so i'm out right so so then (laughs) and i'll i'll get into this here more with the with the warrens and how um the warrens were in contact with the parents because it's a little different than the movie um but ed and lorraine actually were the ones that came up with this concept of the ghost of bathsheba thayer Uh who was featured in the movie that name bathsheba biblical name it is yeah wasn't i mean you would think i would of, know that i think she wasn't she one of david's concubines david and Bathsheba. <laughs> that explains right? everything well i think i think i don't know it's <laughs> no and, i don't know either but like, i've i have not set foot in a church for 20 years i mean but, i have but i didn't even know that name <laughs> i'm pretty sure i'll have to look it up yeah we'll have we'll have a little correction if i'm wrong it's gonna be the next name of my my next cat there you go. But I'm pretty sure she was one of David's concubines. Bathsheba. Come here, little Bathsheba. Right. <laughs> so who So who was Bathsheba, Bathsheba Thayer? God, that's a tough name to that's say. What it's, that's, a, that's a mouthful. We'll just call her B. Thayer. B. Thayer. So who was B. Thayer? <laughs> she lived. She, so she was a real person. This yep. was not made up. She lived in the farmhouse in the 19th century, and she had four children, three of whom died. Oh, that's rough. Yes. So she was accused of sacrificing an infant to Satan by stabbing it in the back of the neck with a knitting needle. That had to hurt. Right? Though the evidence wouldn't hold up in court. So um, when Carolyn received a mysterious stab wound in her leg that seemed to be similar to one killed the infant, that's when Lorraine Warren actually suggested that Bathsheba had taken her knitting needles to the grave and was using them in hauntings. Huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. So there's actually very little to support that Bathsheba was a... Well, so the the one that's pro- projected in the movie is someone named Bathsheba Sherman. 
um, who was born, actually, B. Thayer in Rhode Island in 1812. She married fellow Rhode Islander Judson Sherman in Thompson, Connecticut in 1844. And they were married by the Justice of the Peace, and she filled her role as housewife while Judson worked as a farmer on their land. They were fairly well off. They had a son who was born when she was approximately 37 years old. You got to remember, in the 19th century, that was old to have a child. Like, you were late Mm -hmm. by two decades. They're like, oh, man, clock is ticking. Yeah. (laughs) it's That was old to have a child. Um, Now, it is possible that they had three other children as well, all of whom did not survive past the age of seven, but there are actually no census records that can be found to confirm that. The family also usually took in a boarder, most likely to help them on the farm, because you need lots of lots of bodies to help you run it. So there's no hard evidence to support that she was a witch, only local folklore. Mm-hmm. Um, she lived on a neighboring farm in the 1800s, but suspicion grew when an infant mysteriously died in her care. Oh. Um, and then when the baby was examined, that's when they determined that the mortal wound was caused by a large sewing needle that was impaled at the base of the kid's skull. Oh, that's real specific. Yeah. So (laughs) though townspeople believe that she sacrificed the infant as an offering to the devil due to insufficient evidence, she was found innocent of any wrongdoing. Despite being legally cleared, people were not convinced. Of course not. Yeah. She's a witch, right? We need to burn her. So she actually, what happened to B. Sherman? She actually died as an old woman in May of 1985, roughly four years after her husband died. Um, And she lived to see her son, Herbert, be a father and marry his fiance. So there are some articles online that have documented her body as quote unquote, literally turning to stone when she died or that she died of a bizarre form of paralysis. That sounds more likely. Right. (laughs) Um, So there it's again, it's just internet rumors. It's everybody loves the good creepy pasta. So these same articles often also claim that she had four kids, all of whom died. Um, But again, no census records to support that, but she her son lived a long life and nothing nothing crazy happened um so there's all this other garbage that comes around it so um there's also a series of books that was written by andrea perrin that she self-published called house of darkness house of light i really want to read that i do too there's i think three parts of it three or four parts of it maybe more i'll have to look but she documents much of the terror that occurred and much of what happened to the parent family um so she actually was instrumental in putting and i know you're going to talk about this she was instrumental in putting the movie together but the family, for the most part, really supported all of her findings and what came out in the book. Yep. So, and this actually came out in 2011. So, 
In different parts of her book, she talks about some of the the different things that she came to find when researching what happened. So in this book, she also describes that Carolyn would talk to a man frequently. Her mom would talk to a man that she referred to as Mr. McEachern. Um, so Mr. McEachern, McEachern told Carolyn that Bathsheba treated the help badly and she starved and beat her farm staff. Yeah creepy yeah that's really creepy yep slightly believable right especially for that time (laughs) i know so um andrea actually believed she totally believed that the spirit was out to get her mother um and there's still a ton of of local lore documenting all of this so there's also a suggestion that when she died she was condemned to torture people possibly out of jealousy but there was all carolyn actually claimed that bathsheba constantly tormented her emotionally and physically as if the ghost was possessing her and that's when she claimed that bathsheba had stabbed her and was continually hiding things to make her feel like she was going insane do you feel like are things moving (laughs) i'm freaking myself out oh my god we're that sage this is why i smudge the place Uh, i feel okay okay (laughs) anyway don't take that out (laughs) i start no i'm i'm not kidding like i started getting really lightheaded and i felt i felt like things were moving oh okay 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 we're good all right we're doing great i'm smudging this place again when we're done it already smells i will be in the room when you do that and then i will go home (laughs) thank you (laughs) um so while all this is going on roger actually only saw Bathsheba's sweeter side with when she would lovingly caress him this is not okay no it's so scary (laughs) so how did we get to this point? So Bathsheba Sherman was a suggestion from Ed and Lorraine Warren. And that was when Carolyn had told them about the incident that had happened um, where she had been lying on the sofa and then all of a sudden felt this piercing pain in her nope. calf. And then all, and then the muscle started to spaz. So then she noticed a puddle of blood at the point of impact. So she checked for bees or anything else that could have caused the puncture in her leg, but oh couldn't find God. anything. No right um and then andrea perrin in the book describes that wound as a perfectly concentric circle like a sewing needle had penetrated her leg so scary (laughs) i would have been so out of there so so don't even know (laughs) no um so during in, in this book that Andrea Perrin writes, she also addresses members of the Arnold family who also oh, died yes. on this farm. And I, I, I think you're going to talk about that, too. Yeah, just a little. Yeah. <laughs> um, so most of the recorded deaths were from that family. Um, and even Bathsheba was an Arnold. Oh, she yeah. She still had that. <laughs> still had that bloodline. Um, so with regard to the rape and murder that i mentioned earlier there was a documented rape and murder of 11 year old 11 prudence arnold yep the official death record indicates that she died in uxbridge massachusetts not 
Rhode Island. Right. Um, revealing that her place of death was likely not on the farm. But it also lists her cause of death as her throat was cut by W.E.K. Nope. No. Oh, God. <laughs> really scary. Yeah. Um. So... Were the war- were the parents warned that this place was haunted? Actually, no, they were not. Nope. The state of Rhode Island they does, failed. Yeah, does not legally require the seller of a home to inform the buyer of the existence of a supernatural presence, nor does it require them to disclose any paranormal events that have taken place on the property. That's so wrong. <laughs> but also, people, do your research. <laughs> yeah, man. Do your research before you buy a house. Oh, totally. Yeah, <laughs> so scary. So, how did the Warrens get into contact with the parents? In the movie, you see Carolyn, who goes to um, a lecture that the Warrens are giving. That's not what happened. Actually... They were contacted by a family friend of the parents. So they were <laughs> nearby in Connecticut where they're working on other cases. And Andrea actually said, you know, we never contacted them. Our friend Barbara went to see them because of all the things they did in the area. And they were informed about us. And then the Warrens immediately decided that they were going to come and investigate. Yay. So <laughs> Carolyn didn't want to mom did not want to contact them because she was afraid nobody would listen because you sound crazy. You yeah. sound like you, you believe in things that, that don't exist. So when they came to visit, she was actually super excited that somebody believed her and would try to help. So when, when the Warrens actually did come to investigate Roger at first was unhappy that somebody else was being, brought into the situation so there was not an exorcism per se but the warrens did conduct a seance with the parents in the basement of the home and lorraine never (laughs) actually publicly talked about what happened but she was clearly disturbed by some of what she saw and andrea actually claimed to sneak down into the basement during part of it and she said that her mom began to speak her mom carolyn began to speak in a language not of this world in a voice not her own her chair levitated and she was thrown across the room so the warrens continued to visit the family over the next decade however their best intentioned efforts did not alleviate the paranormal activity in the house it actually made it worse so uh this idea that b thayer was harassing carolyn Mm -hmm. came from lorraine warren from that seance um and from this wound that occurred so lorraine immediately thought that it was b thayer and told them the story of what happened with the the infant that was killed so lorraine's story was pretty much based on circumstantial evidence with people not being able to prove that Bathsheba really did stab the child with a knitting needle. So who knows? It's possible that it never even happened. Um, But we know we'll never know the truth of what really happened. We were not there. So creepy. But there was indeed an evil spirit haunting them. So creepy. Super creepy, right? (laughs) But I I really, really, really want to read Andrea uh, Perrin's book. I do too. I mean, she, it's surprising. Like, I know the the family was like all in, you know, with the 
making of the movie and everything too. But it's interesting that a lot of the interviews are just her. Yeah. It, it, what I noticed, like kind of just doing the research about this. Yes. I, I found that kind of interesting. Yeah. And a lot of the other kids <laughs> didn't really want to be involved. Yeah. Like, I mean, they were like on board with what was happening, but they're like, no, I don't want to comment. <laughs> like, it's they're like, fine. I'm good. It's fine. <laughs> But, well, I'll just get into a little bit of the other owners that have lived on the property. Um, I mean, there was one point uh, that I wanted to, uh, there was one thing that I wanted to point out. So in a interview with um, um, Andrea Perrin, um, she said, everyone who has lived in the house that we know of has experienced kind of like what they all have experienced. And like some have left screaming and running for their lives. That would have been me yep <laughs> and um she said the the man who moved in to begin the restoration on the house when we sold it left screaming without his car without his tools and without his clothing Ugh. also me <laughs> that would be me <laughs> um and you know she was saying he never went back to the house and uh, consequently the people who owned it the adjacent landowners never moved in and never moved in and it sat vacant for years so, I mean, believable, because, I mean, I just don't know if I would live there. <laughs> um, one owner, uh, Norma, uh, Norma Sutcliffe, um, she stated that she and her husband, Jerry, had far less of an intense experience at the farmhouse. Um, she said it was mostly just, like, the door banging, um, sounds of people talking in another room, or just, like, you know, the sounds, you know, of footsteps, mm. and then accompanied by That's a door. That's how it starts. I know. <laughs> and I'm just like, that's not enough for you? It's like... Like, she was like, it was okay. It like, like, she was waiting for, like, a bigger haunt or something. <laughs> I'm just like, she was just like, you know, we're, it's, it's fine. They're just walking and opening and closing doors. It's no big deal. No big deal. <laughs> no big deal And she even said, like, her husband's chair was vibrating in the study. No, 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 no. No big deal. No, no, no. She probably liked that. Anyway, um... <laughs> But she was saying, like, the only things that were ever, like, visible to them uh, were um, was a blue light that Norma saw shoot across the bedroom, and her husband once thought he saw a fog in the home. Oh. That, I mean, hello. Mm -hmm. That means there's a ghost in your room, uh -huh. in your house. <laughs> but Norma always stressed that she always looks at things from a scientific standpoint. Sure. And that she never really jumped to conclusions over any of these minor experiences in the home. Mm -hmm. But since the movie's release, um, well, when the movie came out at the time, uh, Norma like endured like ongoing barrage of trespassers and onlookers. I mean, as any horror movie house location or real, you know, spooky story, everybody's going to go. Oh, yeah. It's a thing. Yep. I mean, I literally can type in The Conjuring House and the address will pop up. Oh, yeah. Same thing with, uh, <laughs> with, so, with Amityville House on Ocean Avenue. Yep. It's just like, it. it's what happens. Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry. Then <laughs> the Poltergeist House out here in King yeah. Valley. I mean, everybody goes. Yep. <laughs> so to fight back, she spent months gathering evidence to disprove both um, uh, Andrea Perrin's story. Um, during Norma's conversation with actually Andrea uh, Perrin, she states that a minister and his wife who had lived in the home never spoke of experiencing anything paranormal. Well... 
<laughs> but the uh, Lorraine Warren attempted to attribute this to the fact that he was a minister and would not want to reveal such information. I mean, she's probably not wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're not going to want to talk about that. No. <laughs> so with that, in 2015, Norma Sutcliffe planned to sue Warner Brothers after trespassers began showing up to the house to film it, steal objects, and try to be a part of the phenomenon. Come on, people. Be <laughs> respectful. Like, just go take a picture and leave. Take your selfie and head out. Yeah, like, come on. <laughs> so now with the current owners, um, their daughter, Madison Heitzen, has amassed a huge following on TikTok, the tickety talk. The tickety talk? <laughs> the tickety talkity. I don't know why you came on here to the tickety talk. <laughs> I know. So uh, thanks to her videos of the Harrisville, Rhode Island home. So now the Heitzens live there which her parents bought in 2019 and they have documented a lot of claims of paranormal activity. But this also uh, is worth mentioning that Corey and Jennifer are paranormal investigators. So it makes a lot of sense. They're trying to make it happen. (laughs) They want to see it, (laughs) but you know, they've experienced a lot of spooky things happening there. Um, But they bought, so at the time they bought, it was four bedrooms, two baths, and it was uh, 439000 And they wanted it because it was a token of paranormal history. That's not why I buy a house. Um, I mean, if I guess <laughs> if I win the lottery, but... Yeah. I would buy it, but not live in it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If that, Without you know, question. if that's fair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. But they said when they first moved in, you know, they had a lot of, like, you know, hard times kind of staying in there alone. I mean, duh. But (laughs) he says he doesn't have the feeling of anything evil, but he said it's definitely very busy in there. Mm. He said you can tell there's a lot of things going on. Mm. Well, yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) So we mentioned the house was on the market. So, I mean, the address is there. I'm not going to say it on here, but you can go on Redfin like right now. And I actually typed in, the conjuring house in the search and it and came it popped up. up that's yeah. rad i love Redfin. it i was dying i love it because <laughs> i was like oh i don't remember the address and i know i could like i could have just went back to google and did it but then i i just wanted to see what would happen i love it and it actually worked <laughs> so as we mentioned they're asking for 1.2 million dollars pocket change yeah no big deal it's three bedrooms now they listed as 1.5 bathrooms that's not a lot of bathrooms i need two what happened to the two right what it was where's the other half you couldn't throw a bathtub in there Right. <laughs> so the house is uh, 3,109 square feet. And it's actually sitting on 8.5 acres. Oh, it's much less than it used to be. Yes. <laughs> so they, they sold a lot of it. Um, and actually that happened with the the Perrin family. Um, they actually sold a big chunk um, when like they were trying to still live in the house and they really couldn't afford it. So... That's what happened there. But <laughs> I don't want to like further the creepy, but um my Amazon is not okay, so now it loads. But I was like, it's not loading. You are not gonna make me sleep tonight. I'm sorry. It's my house. <laughs> I know. 
<laughs> but I'm going to be worried for you and then also worried for me what followed me <laughs> what home. What attached to me? We'll smudge everything. <laughs> oh, God. This is great. <laughs> but, um... But I love it. Like, it's interesting because when the property was originally built in 1838, it was a 14-room farmhouse. Oh, snap. With a creepy-ass basement. That's I wrote huge. that in the notes. With <laughs> creepy-ass basement. <laughs> That's my note. <laughs> I love it. But what's interesting, so I know this is like a famous house, and then also they're doing, you know, these different, uh, like, tours and... Uh, having different paranormal investigators come in there but it's so it's one point it's 1.2 million but every other house that's for sale around the area is no more than 400k oh wow (laughs) so it's like 1.2 million and lots of creepy things i know it's a lot of trees yeah yeah i looked at the like um satellite view Mm -hmm. i was like no that's cool no it's not near anything. Mm. I'm good. <laughs> but, um, but you know, like, as we mentioned before, they're, you know, booking different events um, that are going to be held there. So, you know, you'll definitely be able to make some money if you buy this property. <laughs> oh, it's also worth noting um, that it is completely different from the one in the movie. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I'm going to talk about that, too. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Continue. Continue. Because, <laughs> like, I saw both pictures and I'm just like, oh. That looks nothing like the one that they did in the movie. Maybe for a good reason. I don't know. It probably wouldn't matter. Never mind. Um, but anyway, so the property, since being on the market, has been viewed over 10,978 times. 9,000 of those were me. <laughs> That's great. You're like, could I buy this house? Like, how hard would it be to take that wood paneling off? <laughs> I know. It's so 70s. No, but like the pictures... I mean, you look, I, I know you looked at the Redfin listing. So did. The pictures, like, they do nothing for me. No. The beds they put in there are horrible. Like, whoever staged this, it, I don't know. I would have just, and then the fake Annabelle dolls that they have in there. I think it legit looks like that. Um, Because there is that, oh, I, I had it up and then I took oh. it down because I really can't life right now. <laughs> Um, it's called so there is a documentary on that you can rent on voodoo or amazon prime called the sleepless unrest oh okay and it is a group of paranormal investigators that do an investigation very reminiscent of ghost hunters in the house and a bunch of weird shit happens when they do it oh Um, okay i have to watch this but they have like all that stuff is in the house while they're there it just lives there permanently got it okay well well if you got if you got the change (laughs) could buy this house (laughs) it can be yours (laughs) for 1.2 million dollars enjoy i will try to find a less uh creepy house to spend my lotto money on right (laughs) (laughs) so getting a little bit into the movie i won't go too much into the plot because we kind of already know (laughs) what it's about um but it came out in 2013 and it was directed by james wan and written by chad and carrie hayes and of course you all know that it starred patrick wilson and vera farmiga i do love her me too i love them both they're great too they're they were like they have great chemistry he's like great great chemistry he's been great since i saw him in jawbreaker oh yeah I think it was Jawbreaker. Was that right? Is that, no, no, no. Jawbreaker no, was the one with uh, Rose McGowan right. and Judy Greer. But he wasn't in that? 
No, it was something oh. else. It was oh, hard candy. I oh, knew, I knew it was some something, some <laughs> kind of candy. <laughs> some sort of hard candy. <laughs> some candy. Hard candy with little Elliot ba- Page. Little, um, little baby, and baby Patrick Wilson. <laughs> baby, baby Patrick Wilson. Baby Elliot Page, and then obviously Phantom of the Opera. He's delightful. But oh god, I was like, oh, <laughs> he's singing really good. Actually, I feel so <laughs> conflicted because I just love he and Gerard both so much. You know, I want them both to be happy. I know. <laughs> Um, oh, and it also stars Lily Taylor and Ron Livingston as Carolyn and Roger Perrin. And let's talk about that casting choice. I mean, so good. Go look at pictures. <laughs> they casted really, really well Lily for this. Lily Taylor is a dead ringer for Carolyn Perrin. I mean, big dead time. I couldn't believe it. I was like, this is crazy. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> they did like side by sides and I was like, oh my God. I mean, Ron Livingston, though, he he needed the porn stash. Oh, 100%. And then he really would have looked like him. Yeah, you're not... No no 70s flick is complete without at least <laughs> one porn stash. <laughs> oh, handlebars. If we have kids listening, parents, I'm sorry. I am... I, They're going to find you know out what? No someday. apologies. No. It's fine. They'll find out someday. <laughs> so, interesting enough, the Conjuring movie had been in the works for, like, over 20 years. And ever since the... And this was ever since the paranormal investigator, Ed Warren... Played producer Tony DeRosa Grund a tape of his interview with Carolyn Perrin that he had recorded during his first visit to the farmhouse. Mm-hmm. So uh, DeRosa Grund in turn recorded Ed Warren playing the tape, and at the end of DeRosa Grund's recording, he can be heard saying, "If we can't make this into a film, I don't know what we can." Mm. <laughs> but he can also be heard uh, be heard discussing his idea for the movie with Ed. It's really cool. <laughs> I love it. So, um, as we mentioned before, the Perrin family, uh, uh, mainly the daughters, they were, you know, 100% okay with this film um, being made. And um, Andrea Perrin actually, you know, consulted a lot yep. um, with everybody on this, which was great. <laughs> I think it's like, you know, you want, you want the story to be told correctly at least i mean they know that's going to be amped up for hollywood that's just you know what is has to be done um but uh, also that's really cool is that lorraine warren was also on set a lot yes (laughs) and she um you know consulted with them a lot for this movie too baby 80 plus year old lorraine i know watching that interview with her for the movie i was just like oh (laughs) She's a sweet little old lady. I love it. <laughs> but like, um, you know, Farmiga and Wilson, they traveled to Connecticut to spend a lot of time with her in preparation for their roles. So how freaking cool. Like, can I do that? I mean, I know we can't do that now, but <laughs> I mean, I guess we could get a Ouija board and have a seance and talk to her. <laughs> yeah, I know. But how freaking cool. I like what an opportunity because that yeah. lady has seen so freaking much. Yeah. Like, awesome and i think if i was going to play that person and she's still alive obviously i want to spend a really long time with that person to really like absorb yeah everything because you you can't play the person if you don't like if you're just kind of going off whatever's like on the top like about her you have to really meet that person and talk to them and you know experience the things that they experience and totally because i have i have zero clue what because i am not um I, I'm not clairvoyant of any kind. Uh, I, I just, I'm, I'm not. And I, and I think that a lot of people probably aren't. And I think that there's a lot of people that take advantage of others. Yes. Just, I digress. But how do you know 
what that feels like if you if you're true truly can sense things that are not of this world right how do you react to that because you don't want to be like the over dramatization like benny hinn on all of the televangelist commercials where you put your arm out and everybody fake falls behind you yeah so it's good to get a sense of what actually happens what does lorraine go through when she's communing with something yeah one uh, vera farmiga she said uh, in an interview i just want to absorb her essence i want i wanted to see the details she had such mad style i love that mad style she actually said those words I lo- she, so she is amazing. married to the guy from dead sea so i <laughs> yeah i know that she would say that <laughs> mad, style. mad style and she said i just wanted to see the way she communicates with her hands these gestures her smile how she moves through space mm. <laughs> i like that because you can really sense that she she was Lorraine Warren. Like, yes. she did such a good job. Mm-hmm. It's probably one of my favorite roles for her. Same. Because, I mean, she's been in a lot, but this is my my favorite. So, um, and then um, Lorraine Warren also worked a lot with Chad and Carrie Hayes on writing the script, um, along with Andrea Perrin as well. So, they really reached out many times to just get, to clarify all the information from the, the Perrin case. So, I like that. I like it. Do your research, people. Yes. <laughs> but of course, you know, it got the Hollywood treatment. It was just super amped yeah, up. Yeah, you get a little... But that's fine. <laughs> yeah, you get... But you know what? Again, I appreciate that it was... It was mildly amped up, but it wasn't like when, you know, and, and the devil made me do it. I'm like, mm, you, you're, you're reaching. Yeah. I liked it. It just, to me, the real story of, of Arnie Jackson and David Glatzel is so much scarier than... You know, you know, a made-up witch that puts totems under houses and stuff. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to talk about that one. Yeah. <laughs> or next, next episode or something. Right? <laughs> Maybe two and three. Just kind of combine them. Because mm-hmm. they were both equally somewhat bad. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Anyway. <laughs> so, just a couple of differences between the real story and the movie. And we kind of already mentioned some. But, so, a lot of people think that the real property was used for the film. It was not. Nope. Not at all. Nope. Go look it up. They look completely different. Yep. <laughs> One's like a mansion in the movie. And then you look at this little farmhouse. You're like, oh, not the same. Not even close. <laughs> um, and then you mentioned before. So like a lot of the events in the film were depicted very like it happened really quickly. Mm-hmm. But they actually, you know, were in this, you know, house for over a decade. So and and then while they were in there still like most of the hauntings continued after the warrens you know were pretty much kicked out because mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they were con- um, roger Perham was really concerned for his wife's um, mental stability so there we go and they couldn't really afford to move out so they were there for like 10 years and and then they finally were out i would have just left <laughs> i would have yeah i would have just left <laughs> and then like nope and there's some things so i when i was researching just a couple of stuff about this there's a lot of back and forth about ed performing exorcisms some say there is yeah so some say that he is okay to do it because they work a lot with catholic priests Mm -hmm. and then a lot of them say that he never actually did because it can only be done by a catholic priest so I've seen the same thing. And there's yeah. actually a, I think it was done by Shock Docs on Discovery Plus. 
I think it was on the Discovery Channel originally. But they mentioned, because I watched the one on the Arnie Jackson case, mm-hmm. and they specifically say that Ed Warren is the was the only non-Catholic priest ordained by the Catholic Church to perform yeah. exorcisms. So, but I like, I kept reading like conflicting things. So I was just like, well. Is it just not as effective if it's not done by a virgin, I guess? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. That's so not. That's, that's... <laughs> Leave it. I'm sorry. Don't take it out. I'm so going to hell. <laughs> um so like in the movie uh Bathsheba she hung herself but that's not true she uh, as we mentioned she died due to paralysis from a stroke mm-hmm. <laughs> and then also um it was thought that Prudence Arnold was raped on the far- in the farmhouse but that's not true she was murdered on a raped and murdered on a different property yes <laughs> and then also there in the movie there's a mention of the little boy rory and that's actually based on the story of johnny arnold and his mother susan um but um susan did not hang herself but there are rumors of johnny being like really oddly like really badly like mistreated by his mom well up until like 1980 it was socially acceptable to beat your children right so that gives a lot of time (laughs) so here we are um but yeah so just a couple little things um but if you haven't seen it go watch it i mean oh it's great it's it's so great it's a perfect film for spooky season yes and they did really good it grossed uh uh, 137.4 million dollars in north america million (laughs) and then there was um and then uh 182.1 million in other territories for a worldwide total of 319.5 million delightful against a budget of 20 million hot damn they made a lot back yeah they did (laughs) um currently rotten tomatoes has an 86 rating of 7.2 out of 10 and i don't know why but metacritic put 68 out of 100 i don't get that metacritic doesn't know anything yeah i'm just like come on you guys i agree with rotten tomatoes yeah rotten tomatoes 86 percent. i agree yes agree it's good go watch it it's perfect it's on netflix to cuddle up with your your boo crew right (laughs) and watch it get some popcorn try not to throw it everywhere we did our spooky summer party yes it's happening so that is the conjuring folks but we need to start at like four because i can't stay awake past nine (laughs) well you know if i eat all the snacks you know what's gonna happen to me nap time going to sleep (laughs) good night i'll start talking to you and then fall asleep yep (laughs) sorry no 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 same same sorry in advance we're just very tired yes Uh, yeah Well, thanks for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our um, education, hopefully educational. Um, I find it educational. I learned a lot. It's called Don't Buy Haunted Houses. houses. The more you know. um yeah i hope we hope that you enjoyed learning more about the conjuring house history and uh took a deeper dive from the movie please go read andrea perrin's book if you have not already i am going to read it after i read elvira's book i know after i do all of my school reading (laughs) priorities (laughs) priorities it's it's in there it's in the hierarchy science and elvira right (laughs) finish my paper on oxidative phosphorylation and then we'll be good i think i want to read that you might it's a stage four of cellular respiration wow (laughs) 
Wow. <laughs> I'm tired. Um, I'm, I'm definitely a rose because I was like, you said that my brain hurts. <laughs> a lot. Too many syllables in that word. <laughs> um, so yeah, do you, give us your thoughts. We would love to hear it as long as they're nice. And if you've done any of the tours that they've had there, oh yeah, please email us. If you've been and you've <laughs> done a spooky tour, yes, because I know they were doing it for a little moment. There. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So please, the squaggles at gmail.com. Yeah, do it. Do it. Or you can it. message us. Facebook message us. Instagram message us. Carrier pigeon us. <laughs> Carrier pigeon. <laughs> I would. You know what? I want you to just carry your pigeon us the the message smoke signals <laughs> so great surrender dorothy <laughs> we'd love to know how it went yes please we, lo- we want to hear all the experiences yes or if you um really hated the movie then tell I mean, us why tell us why yeah yeah tell us why you, re- you really really hate it or if you know something that we don't we would like to know that too yes knowledge is power yeah, or even if you've been to the Warren, um, oh, the Warren Occult Museum in Connecticut, yes, we want to know that too. Yeah, because when the pandemic's over, I hope that they reopen that. Even though I Me know too. Ed and Lorraine are dead, but yeah, but they should still open it. Yeah, let the history live on. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> thanks for listening. Be sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, or rate and review whatever you choose to do. Do all that stuff. All of that. Yep. Yep. Is that it? No. Oh, oh, make sure you uh, follow us on Instagram. Like us on Facebook. Do that stuff too. Yeah. And I think that's it. Oh, <laughs> and don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. That part doubly. Yay. Yep. Creeper real. We'll scare you later. Goodbye. Bye.